Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 114, March 12, 2019. Eight below on this day in 1956 when Eisenhower was president. And 69 degrees in 1990 when, uh, who was president? H.W.? Yes. H.W. Bush was Until 92. Mm-hmm. 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 Is that right? I think so. Let's just... Let's and just now, yeah. from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I had a deep thought yesterday after the show. Yeah? That timing was off. I should have had it during the show. I don't know how I've missed it previously. Why don't you call us back? It'll help us connect the dots in the mystery. We were discussing yesterday... The St. Paul City Council voting 5-2 to two to prevent uh, local establishments from using black plastic containers to serve to-go food. Do you recall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dai Tao, for example, said the Earth can't hold its breath. Uh, we don't have a spaceship yet ready to take us to a different planet. As an aside, I was thinking, what would the carbon footprint be of that spaceship? Oh, good point. So uh, then, and then, but the one, the one that I based my deep thought on was a councilwoman named Mitra Nelson, about whom we know very little. She, uh, I think, she represents that Miriam Park neighborhood area, and uh, and she said, the UN has spoken, and we only have three city council terms left to correct this. <laughs> Or we're irreversibly doomed. Something to that effect, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not paraphrasing the U.N. part. The U.N. is correct, she said. High drama. Ready for my deep thought? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's how we further connect the dots to the mystery. The people we're electing, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, who are ruling from the salon, owe their allegiance not to the normal run-of-the-mill constituents who pay taxes in their city. They seem to owe, to owe their allegiance to the members of the salons elsewhere, in this case, the U.N. She's, she's more beholden to the thinking of the United Nations than she is to the city of St. Paul. And I think that would be a common thread running throughout the members of the salon, that they... They see themselves as having loftier visions for the rest of us who are literally trying to navigate crosswalks and get over humps of ice and snow and find drainage basins. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be out there doing the heavy lifting on flooding or whatever. They're in the salon and their thinking and their ideology is aligned with people in the salon elsewhere. 
the salon in Chicago, the salon in New York, the salon in Washington D.C., sure. and they they are they're it's not that they're ignoring the people they represent; it's that they are attempting to tutor the people they represent, and that the foundations of their tutelage is coming from salons all around the country. And the world. And the world. world. So here, here, and and that that quote was a dead giveaway, that this woman believes that we need to ban black plastic to-go containers because uh, the U.N., has has told her that's what she should think. I had a thought yesterday when we were talking about this, about that very subject, and I was wondering to myself, I didn't bring it up, whether she was beholden to the U.N. or she was just conveniently using the U.N. to further her agenda. And my second question, my thought question was, does she agree with the U.N. on everything the U.N. says? Is she one of the U.N.'s... Um, Sycophants? Yes, thank you. I know that word that, well. That's that's the, that's the nice word for <laughs> what I was going to okay. say. You know what I mean, Suge? Yeah, probably. I think you're, you're I think you're offering a difference without a distinction. She could a be using it to uh, 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 embolden her uh, position, or b she's uh, she's on board with most of the UN. Uh, yeah, I think it's b. I, I think I think that uh, what what we're seeing though, and that quote was a great example. What we're seeing is we've elected people who not only do they intend to be, they're not useful, they intend to be important, not useful. <laughs> and, and in the act of becoming important, they don't identify themselves with the, with the lady next door trying to clear her driveway no. or prune her shrubs or no. worried about her property taxes. They align themselves with what they believe to be the great thinkers in the country, the people in the salon. Well, yeah. When are the people that worked at the, the brewery or at 3M... And are living on the east side of St. or plug in whatever city across the country. When are those people going to realize that they're they're mis they're not represented well, at all we, on we, the council? We brought that up yesterday, and we've been bringing it up for various issues for a while. We're now. struggling with that. Yeah, we're struggling with that. And yesterday, didn't we conclude that? This is what they want. Yeah, I guess <laughs> the people that the 3M voted. retiree doesn't want that. Though. When they do realize right? it, I will say oh. this: it's going to be too late. Thomas Sowell, the great Thomas Sowell, Mm -hmm. uh, just authored a piece uh, believing that this country will not be able to resist socialism. And we saw that in yesterday's poll, where a majority of millennials and Generation Z, they favor socialism. That's that's a result of being so poorly educated. But I'm drifting off course. My point being that I think it helps us connect the dots in the mystery to realize, you know, uh, what's the guy's name in Minneapolis? Jacob Fry. And uh, our guy, Melvin Carter in St. Paul and the city council people, uh, many of whom have had gender explorations in their own lives and uh, all of whom are very leftist thinking, they align themselves with like-minded people. They're not aligning themselves with the guy down the block. I bet the people in Mitra Nelson's ward wouldn't know her if they ran into her in the store. It's the old thing we've always said about, have you ever seen Betty McCollum in public? No. And we, where we really identified that is, did you ever see a super, a school super? Maria Karstarfen. Remember her? Uh, she lived a block Summit and, and away from me. Did I you, lived on Goodrich and Fairview. She lived on Summit and Fairview. Did you ever see her? 
I went to Whole Foods all the time. Never saw her. Never saw her. I went up and down Grand Avenue with Ace Hardware. I never saw her. They only hang have. out with like-minded people. They don't mix with the... We're a nuisance to them. Well, we get back to a, another thing we discovered in GL. The political class is on a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. There's the political class, the academic class, the... Uh, what were the other classes we had? The celebrity class? And there, and then there's the rest of us playing by the rules. But the political class has its own rules and their own identities and their own ideologies, and they're drifting away <laughs> and the, from the man on the street. And their own interests, which yeah. really aren't of interest right. to the right. same thing guy. is happening over on my side of the river with the lady, I had, the representative, she might even be in my district, I don't know, who insists that we all get out there and shovel our snow and mow our boulevard, yet she has been repeatedly fined by the city. Bender? Lisa Bender? Uh, Yeah, that's her, for for not shoveling her walk or mowing. Do as I say, not as I do. It's just unbelievable. She's (laughs) anti-car. It's just unbelievable, though. Well, anyway, that was my deep thought from the Garage Logic Service Road of Life, hoping that it's another dot to connect in understanding the mystery. We're being led by people who see that their allegiance is to a higher order, not us. Yeah. They believe it to be a higher order, the UN. Uh, well, that's th- that really should spook the hell out of even their own like-minded people, because they're not going to agree with everything they do, and they're taking us way, way off track here as far as a city where your main job is to do what? Give me some cops, give me some streetlights, sweep the streets and plow them. We got a guy. <laughs> On the St. Paul City Council. I have two. We got a woman on the St. Paul City Council who thinks there's only... She's divided life up into city council terms. Sure, that's how you do it. It's like there's, cat life. There's three terms left. There's three terms left. She's the big clock ticking. To save the earth. And we got another guy mm-hmm. who laments the absence of a spacecraft... To get us out of here in case we don't ban enough black plastic. In case the Earth can't keep holding its breath. Even though the U.N., to whom Mitra Nelson is apparently devoted, uh, their chief environmental spokesman said in 1989. Thank you for bringing this up again. If this ain't cured by 2000, we're done. Yep. I was trying to think of a way to bring that in. Well, it's it's 20 years ago. Now we asked her on, but they don't want to come on. All right. Here we go now. All right. Four, three, Let's go. Everybody hop oh, no. on. One, How many, here we go. It's like Noah's Ark. How many tons of Plus rocket one. fuel do they burn every second in the first few minutes? So we're at plus 20. Oh, yeah, plus, plus one. 20 now. Plus two. All right. Dave Downing notes, is this another case of people losing touch with nature? I know the mayor doesn't like to go out in public too much. Let me stop him right there. The hell I don't. More than I've been to Carstar Downing's from... house. I go out in public, Downing. I know the mayor doesn't like to go out in public too much, so maybe he hasn't observed this, but I've noticed an alarming number of people who think it's okay to go out in shorts all winter long, yeah. as have I. Yeah. I've yeah. noticed the same yeah. thing, yeah. Downing, even though you think I'm some sort of hermit. Right. <laughs> If questioned, they'll say, I just have to run from the car to the store. Well, what if their car breaks down? What if (laughs) some numbskull runs into them? What if they get stuck in the snow? Those are the realities of winter driving in Minnesota. You need to have a shovel, hat, gloves, etc. And uh, uh, who's our guy in Montana? uh, Scott Scott Matura. Scott Scott Matura. Matura. You got him a $100 bill, too. 
And for crying out loud, you got to wear pants. I agree with Downey. I agree I, with him. I know the answer. The answer is simple. Uh, they just like making people mad. I guess. <laughs> That's, it's, I think it's just that simple. And it's mostly young people, right? Just to try to get their dander up. And yeah. Yeah, it's I, uh, conversation. It's they something, something I would have done in my 20s just yeah. to make the oldsters in my life <laughs> angry. I, I got a friend who works at a gas station. It's not just young people. It's, oh. it's older fellas, too, in their 40s and 50s. Oh, okay. He sees them all the time. All right. <laughs> you stupid, ignorant, son of a dumb bastard. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? I, I don't know. Uh, he says when he talks to them, they just say they're comfortable. So. A Minnesota Senate committee has defeated a bill to legalize recreational marijuana in Minnesota, effectively killing the legislation for the year. Good. These hypocrites came to their senses. Republicans in Monday's Senate committee said the state is not ready for the legalization of recreational marijuana. Why? A capacity crowd showed up for the debate. The first time state lawmakers have had a vote on legalizing recreational pot. Keep in mind, you can't buy candy cigarettes at the ice cream store, but let's legalize (laughs) pot. You hypocrites. Uh, uh, supporters are trying to start a statewide discussion. Senate uh, uh, Democratic Senator Melissa Franzen argued the state is better off controlling the already widespread illegal use of pot. Rarely as a legislature do we have the ability to have a win-win scenario to tax a product that consumers say should be taxed and to regulate it to make it safer for consumers, Senator Franzen said. Uh, the bill would decriminalize marijuana, then legalize it, regulate it, and tax its commercial sale. And supporters call the use of marijuana safe. But you probably included in your numbers people who said cigarette smoking is not safe. Right. And it's not. Marijuana smoking is not safe. And you're not going to go to jail anymore for a couple of buds in your pocket, so don't worry about it. <laughs> the one thing I'd like to dispute with uh, your GOP friend, Such, uh, Republican opponents were especially concerned about impaired driving. Yes, absolutely, I agree. But here's where I don't agree. And the message that legalization would send to Minnesota's children, mm-hmm. you drunken hypocrites, <laughs> you, that saying? get loaded in front of your kids Five times a week. Shut up <laughs> Maybe with that BS. But as far as the driving goes, yeah, obviously. Did you see the emergency room doctor uh, quote here? He wants it, doesn't he? He said um, the problems he sees every day are related to alcohol and tobacco, not cannabis. What the hell does he think cannabis is? But cannabis isn't legal yet, so the numbers would be down. I think but his you, main you, point was that alcohol is killing us. Well, you also don't smoke 20 joints a day. A lot of people smoke 20, 40, unless you're 60 lucky. cigarettes Unless you're lucky. <laughs> I'm surrounded by morons who want to legalize marijuana. Here's why I think I, only a couple of us. No, here's why I don't want it, Kenny. It, and it has nothing to do with whether it's better or worse for you than alcohol or what. My, my takeaway from it is I have a friend that lives in Denver. The once it becomes legal, what what, ha- what has happened in Denver to a certain extent will take place here. If you go downtown Minneapolis any night of the week, you can see people dealing drugs on the street. It's 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 rampant. Right. If weed becomes legal, that will become worse. Where you you won't even be able to take your family to the Twins game without watching people deal. What do you mean it will become worse? I'm because sorry now that you can possess it legally. 
the black oh, market for that will just increase like exponentially. Absolutely. So my old joke, um, the, uh, I used to say, what was the joke? Wait a minute. That you make no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes on my old joke, which was I'm uh, not in favor for pot being legalized because it would put all my friends out of business. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you're I'm, saying that's not true at all. No, it would become worse. So Dave's smoke shop can now sell weed in the corner of Fifth and Hennepin. I'm just using that as yeah. an example. Well, Gary, who goes in there to buy, if he, he can't now be busted for having it on him. Right. Because it's a legal product. In the right. State, if it becomes a legal product in the state of Minnesota. Then what is he? He's not, He has nobody to sell to. BS. Well, whoa, why, because, why be, would he sell to anybody? Because, that person can go to Dave's smoke shop. Because, dummy, the smoke but, shop's going to charge you $10 for it, where the guy in the street's going to charge you 2 But. In theory, well, what's in it then for the guy on the street? He just lost eight dollars. Pure profit. Oh, no, God. pure profit no. for the guy in the street. It's because he's exactly. getting it cheaper. He's getting it cheaper from or, where? Or growing as where, well. Where are the guys that are dealing it now getting it from, Joe? I don't know. Well, there you. I'll be for it. Oh, you guys are on the same side, by the way. Just yeah, so, I, I so. don't want it legalized. That's I'll the, be for it the minute these political hacks stand up and account for their hypocrisy as it related. To tobacco smoking in Minnesota. Well, they'll never do that. No, well, then, then I'm opposed happen. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until they relent and admit to me their hypocrisy, I'm opposed to it. Then they just simply see tax dollars here. That's all that they see with this. They don't see the long-term play. I, I understand that. I was in Aldi over the weekend. I know that surprises What's your people, second grocery store in, reference? I know, but in came a group, a family... And the the smell of weed oh, was so please. hot. No, just wait a minute now, because I'm not anti weed. I'm not a I'm not a a prude. They could hardly function in the meat section. My wife said to me, hey, "They stopped there and ate it all. <laughs> just started <laughs> chewing on it. But it was just oh it was God, so Matthew. it was such a sad uh, glimpse snapshot in time that I thought this is." If people are going to be walking around yeah. like this, we're done. <laughs> well, you, they were definitely on the weed. I agree with you because weed. we've said we're already too bleeping stupid. We got city council people wait for a plane to take them to Mars. <laughs> and I'm not worried. Yeah, I'm not worried so, about the guy sitting in New Brighton that smoke wants to smoke in his backyard. Are that's you, fine. Are you worried about the guy that's rolling into the uh, the Legion right now and he's going to spend the next six hours there and then drive home tonight? Are you at all? Oh, a, I never are you at that all worried about that guy? My biggest concern. Are is, you worried about a bunch of stoners that smell like weed in the in the meat section? In the meat, in all these sections. Well, I mean, yes. where, where's where's I'm, your real I'm, priority? I'm, here's here? what I'm really seriously worried and then we're about. We're done with this. What it is going to do to. Uh, the teenagers, the 25-year-old kids that are maybe on the street in downtown Minneapolis or downtown St. Paul. Uh, it's going to be an age 21 thing. If it's, it is that's going to be that, – that's my – Biggest worry. Have you heard how sexy I sound today? Oh, my <laughs> word. Really do. <laughs> wow. Say one size rarely fits anyone. Uh, that's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company tailors its insurance programs to your individual business and industry. Property and casualty, life, disability, income insurance. Their marketing representatives are the best in the business. They love the company. They've been there a long time. They get to know you and your operation, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. Driving, they got you covered with auto liability. Cyber attack, you might talk to them about data compromise coverage. You name it, they'll customize it for you. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. 
Get in touch with a Federated Insurance Marketing Rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Many emailers, including former offsite, former chief offsite correspondent uh, Kelly, uh, wanted me to see this, uh, and he notes uh, just what this country has been needing: a new way to divide the races. This is from the Washington Post. Whites are mainly to blame for air pollution, but blacks and Hispanics bear the burden says a new study. So I'm going to give you all a little test at the end here to see where the failure to link is. Okay. All right. Air pollution, the leading environmental cause of death worldwide, reflects the stark racial inequalities of American life. In the U.S., the problem is disproportionately caused by the white majority, but its consequences are suffered mainly by blacks and Hispanics. That's the finding of a new study. Published Monday in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America, the results illuminate the fault lines of the lethal environmental danger, which is inseparable from the threat of climate change and responsible for more deaths globally each year than automobile accidents. The research confirms, with new statistical certainty, the determination that racial and ethnic minorities are acutely vulnerable to air pollution because of the neighborhoods in which they live. But it also introduces a largely unstudied element into the analysis examining who is responsible for the pollutants inhaled disproportionately by blacks and Hispanics. The answer? White people. Ah. We're wrong. Researchers argue that white people are disproportionately to blame for the consumption of goods and services, generating dangerous particles known as fine particulate matter, which gets lodged deep in the lungs, causing inflammation that triggers strokes and heart attacks, as well as cardiovascular and respiratory diseases. However, that segment of the population doesn't endure an equivalent share of the consequences. So the study says white people enjoy a pollution advantage. Wow. (laughs) They bear the burden of 17% less air pollution than is generated by their own consumption. Blacks and Hispanics experience a pollution burden. They face 56% and 63% wow. more exposure, respectively, well, than is caused by their consumption. That's a pretty I big difference. I'm not done. Okay, I think I got it already. <laughs> That's a pretty big difference. The paper's lead author, Christopher W. Tessim, a postdoctoral researcher focusing on civil civil and environmental engineering at the University of Washington. Oh, God, help me. Um... Uh, One of his co-authors, Julian Marshall, a professor of environmental engineering at the University of Washington, said the results sharpen the sense of injustice that comes from environmental degradation's unequal impact. Uh, More people... uh, I can't. I can't keep this well, going. This. Go ahead, Matthew. You've got something. I I just thought. (laughs) I think the question that you are asking yourself. Aren't we all breathing the same air regardless of what race you are? It's a very good but, point, man. Okay. But the, he, he covered that and said, we're not suffering as much 
as the blacks and, and the um, the Mexicans, the Hispanics, etc. Et yeah, and my point was going to be this is good news for me, Such, because uh, this means my neighbor across the alley, a black dude, and the neighbors <laughs> next to me, the Mexicans, they're going to take the brunt of it. I'm going to be okay. Kenny, the air you get is going to be better than that black neighbor gets. Wait, wait let's, let me have a coughing fit here because I smoke too much. Okay, the, gist, the gist of this is the gist of this is they make the statistical argument that blacks and Hispanics uh, live in uh, more urban density, and right, that would right. place them right. uh, closer to uh, freeways or industry or what have you. Right, like, like the you steel. See the, you, you, yeah, yeah. You see the link? Yeah, the steel mills down by the river and uh, Washington, closer to north of Minneapolis. Okay, do you see the link, though? Yeah, yeah. We're led by the salon, which wants us to have more urban density. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't that uh, increase yes. the fact mm. that we, the air w- mm-hmm. might be just as bad for uh, Mr. Johnson it is for Mr. Washington? Well, the earth can't hold its breath. Well, it's, the earth can't hold its breath. <laughs> In other words, uh, they have managed to identify. We're so desperate now that we have found some scientists who get up every day and go to work and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with a theory that uh, black people and Hispanic people are breathing worse air than white people. Uh, and it's all based on the fact that evil white people spend more on consumption and uh, need more products. And to make the products, we have to have factories, and the factories emit smoke, and that smoke impacts people who live closest to the to the factories. Okay, but you have mayors in both towns who no longer want single family dwellings. Right. They they don't like suburbs. They want you all downtown living like rats in a cage. <laughs> they want increased density. Thus placing, if this nonsense has any merit at all, thus increasing the exposure to uh, so-called bad city air as, as anyone else might experience it. So I'm not buying any of this BS. It's a James a J- Jones, drink the Kool-Aid or breathe the air downtown. <laughs> Take a deep breath and go down. Addressing wow. exposure, the study found that black Americans were more exposed than whites to every type of emission, from road dust to construction. The same held true for Hispanics, with the exception of agriculture, coal, electric utilities, and residential wood combustion. Emissions concentrated in parts of the country where Hispanics tend not to live, according to the authors. Uh, the study does not offer solutions, but rather reveals a new lens for uh. looking at the problem. Still, it has become apparent in the course of the research that declining exposure between 2003 and 2015 was a product of government regulation. So, in other words, it's getting better because of the government. All right. Thank goodness. Uh, Okay. Well, here's something else I don't think was factored into it. Maybe poorer people, if in fact uh, uh, blacks and Hispanics uh, are poorer statistically, maybe they smoke more. Wouldn't that result in them having some physical ailments that have nothing to do with the air? I think so. Mm -hmm. Of course, if they did. Uh, nobody's going to die in either city from emissions from um, dump trucks that are filling potholes, though. We know that. that <laughs> but truck. but do the linking. You are led by the people who applaud this study, and they're the same people who go into the salon and said, our urban areas need to be more dense. <laughs> Talking out of both sides of your behind. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. What they should be encouraging is get as far away from the country's tallest buildings as possible. Not mm-hmm. only are we going to poison your mind ideologically, we're going to poison it with carcinogens. 
I have gotten uh, I, I have gotten myself way way far away from the Twin Cities, and the air is pure out there until a car goes by in the gravel road. And I'm, I'm anxious. Then she's dusty. <laughs> you know what? I'm anxious anybody. to hear reports from that bucolic rural America that you're championing. <laughs> I actually have. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I would I've like got, to see the city council. Who's on the city it's council? Bud. In my town? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to do some private research. Yeah. Just to see for my own. Uh, it would be neat to see how many buzz cuts, flannel shirts. <laughs> These are God-fearing Americans that are working their asses off yes. just to survive, which is really no different than the God-fearing Americans right here in the Twin Cities near the tallest buildings. They just have a whole different set mm-hmm. of issues. See, Kenny can be our correspondent because he has the means to do so and a place to, to actually be there. We're uh, Our podcast studio is in the very heart and center, <laughs> in the very belly of the beast it's on the line of the urban core mm-hmm. we're in the urban core and we're risking our health every single day to bring you this podcast but, 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 no 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 you're okay you're white well you're, that's right i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay and you even live in the city yeah but if i'm on the corner waiting for a red light with a black guy yeah uh, he's, he's huffing. He's short Tell him not to breathe. I'm not okay. I can't breathe. I'm yeah. short of breath. Tell him to hold his breath. Thank God that train doesn't emit anything. Huh? <laughs> Our air quality problems up north come from uh, twice a year when the uh, farmers empty their pits. Ew. And uh, it doesn't matter which way the wind's blowing. It's getting you right in the face. Ooh. And that is the smell of freedom. That's a chunk of soot I just heard. <laughs> the smell, the of, smell freedom. of freedom. Say, we're going to be back with the uh, John Height News extravaganza. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh. Get a different point of view and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs. A professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. An LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Oh, yeah. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Our friends at DennisKirk.com, that's a Minnesota company. Get your motorcycle needs taken care of. I know it doesn't look like it now, but that riding season is soon upon us. DennisKirk.com, 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike. Doesn't matter what kind of bike they have it. Free shipping on orders over 89 bucks. DennisKirk.com is the best place to get your stuff. 
ice, John ice scratchers. I know they're not for your motorcycle, but I need a set of ice scratchers. So thank you. thank you for reminding me. It's not worth getting into okay. with you dumb dumb. They're just cool. <laughs> the real men that are listening know what ice scratchers gotcha. are. I have no clue, so I'm, I'm not with a Rook. Real man. We're yeah. not real men, apparently. Uh, thanks, Joe. Stillwater Mayor Ted Kozlowski says that city is ready to build a temporary 15-foot high flood wall stretching from one end of the city to the other, trying to get ready for major flooding they expect along the St. Croix River. Kozlowski said it's going to be a big effort to get this thing built. He says it'll be 12 to 15 feet high and made out of sandbags and plastic mostly. Kozlowski said the original plan was to start construction of the temporary levee on March 18th, but with rain expected over the next couple of days, the city most likely will start sooner. All right, I have a question, and Reavers alluded to this yesterday. Why aren't we out there uh, clearing catch basins? And the numbers being thrown around now, the local nightly newscasts have been having a field day with this. There are 55,000 of these drains in Minneapolis. There's 21,000 in St. Paul. In Minneapolis, they've identified and cleared about 700. Uh, I don't know what they've identified and cleared in St. Paul. My question is, have we never experienced winter before? Where is the care taken at the beginning of the season to have some means of identifying these catch basins with a tall rod with a little red flag on it? And I'll be glad to go dig that out for you. But where the hell are they? Right. Well, in, in my neighborhood, there's one on the end of every block. Mm-hmm. So for They're I'm right on the corner. We don't have them where I live. Really? We just have those curb cutouts, a hole in the curb. Right. Where the raccoons peek out of at night and take a look at. Yes, yeah, that's no, what I'm referring that's to. That's what they're referring to, Joe. No, the, they're the, referring to the, the grates, grates. The, the grates, grates <clears throat> that are laying flat on the ground. The grates. Oh. Well, well, see, I, know, I know what you're talking I've about. I've never yeah. seen one of those. I was referring to the one you were talking about yesterday. That's because I have one in front of my house. A curb cutout. A curb cutout. Oh, yeah. those are visible at where I live. Well, see, mine wasn't. Oh, Mine's no. buried underneath Ours, four yeah. feet of yeah. snow. Ours mine are, are com- buried. completely buried. Oh. Hmm. So I got in there and dug it out because otherwise my front yard is going to turn into a frozen right. lake. All right. Well, I'll take a look again, but I think all ours are visible. Mm. But is it is it premature? I know. In other it, words, we we identify fire hydrants with these. Yes. Little fiberglass poles sticking out of right. the snow banks. Why don't we identify these? But if it just curbs, I guess we all should know where they well, are. Reavers, you got to get in there and root around. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do it. But is it premature that the flooding story, which could flood in March, correct? Well, we're in March. I mean, late, very late March. Yeah. They're, they're doing that story as a, the second story in every newscast. Well, I, I'm not going to diminish the problem. I, th- I think we stand a chance for some good flooding. If you the, go uh, between, right now, Chaska down to St. Peter, along that, so like Henderson, Lesur, yeah, all those cities, they're going to be in real trouble yeah. here in a couple weeks. The uh, Weather Service, as part of this story, uh, said the St. Croix has a 90% chance of major flooding uh, as March comes to an end. So toward the end of March, yeah. they think uh, they'll have some problems. Well, I there. don't deny that there will be problems, but th- they the way they're covering it now, it hasn't started Well, the yet. way it's covered now, it fits the agenda in the template that this is another example of evil white people owning automobiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Climate change problems. Yeah. Of course, they're everywhere. Uh, navigating the sidewalks of downtown St. Paul has been a topic of concern for many lately. Monday night, uh, some folks brought those concerns and questions to city leaders inside Central Library. Ava McKnight, who attended the meeting, said she's extremely frustrated you said probably the biggest problem is the plow drifts at the end of the blocks. You sometimes have to climb over to get to intersections. <laughs> Many who live and commute in downtown St. Paul voiced their concerns and 
front of city and transportation leaders, hoping something changes soon. You voted these idiots in. Russ Stark. <laughs> I didn't. Russ Stark is St. Paul's chief resilience officer. He says, I've noticed and I've seen people out there with walkers struggling to get across. So we had on hand to answer these questions. The chief That's resiliency right. officer, mm-hmm. one of the 16 cabinet members of Mayor Melvin Carter, the chief resiliency officer, who had no answer for this, by the way, except, nope. well, we probably should shovel better. Yeah, you got to have grit. He, yeah. Uh, yeah. he stressed to them that it was basically up to each business to clear mm-hmm. off their own sidewalk. He says they are looking into the idea of a new downtown improvement district that might help clear the areas faster. Got to have a district. That would be similar uh, to what... Minneapolis does at this point. We should point. check in with uh, my old man and see if Bob's got a uh, one of those cow catchers in the front of his um, <laughs> scooter. Because I, kn- I know he's just plowing through and there's no stopping him like he does at Walmart. Speaker Nancy Pelosi's pronouncement. <laughs> did, did, did these intersections used to get plowed? Yeah. Or, do peop- is, or is, is it the same thing? as ever and people no. just now bitch about it more? Uh, more snow? I don't know. I'm not sure. Climate change. Climate change. <laughs> When we when I worked at the Grandview, it was up to us to clear that whole sidewalk, not just make a path, but we were required to move all that snow so people could come in freely. I hope so. Well, and if you were a business owner, wouldn't that just make sense to do that? Mm-hmm. Speaker Nancy Pelosi's pronouncement that she's opposed to impeaching President Trump without overwhelming public support is dividing Democrats. Receiving a strong endorsement from her top deputies, even as it rankled some who said they don't want to be boxed in. Pelosi told the Washington Post she's not for impeachment and is wary of such proceedings because, quote, it divides the country. She also said, quote, Trump's just not worth it. Her strongest comments to date on the subject as she tries to tamp down speculation surrounding Democrats' ever-expanding investigations. But some members of the caucus pushed back on her comments arguing that impeachment should be based solely on facts and evidence, not political considerations. Representative David Cicilline from Rhode Island said, if the facts require us to initiate removing the president, we are obligated to do it. If the facts don't support it, we won't. Representative Jamie Raskin, who sits on the House Oversight and Judiciary Committee, said impeaching the president isn't about whether or not the president is worth it. The question is whether the republic is worth it. Pelosi appeared to be further distancing herself and House Democrats from the prospect of impeaching the president while not ruling it out entirely. I love watching that implosion. That's fun for me. <laughs> they're, they're fighting her, oh, over yes. this absurd question. And her quote, uh, it, this divides the country. What has she been doing, her and Schumer, for the last, what, year and a half? Uh, you we, know what, you know, besides his personality, which is dreadful, <laughs> Trump... Were he really angers these people, like these professional, long-time career politicians? He, he doesn't care about them. No. <laughs> that, no. That, that, that angers no, them. That makes them so <laughs> upset. Really right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of enjoy, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> uh, we have a... If wh- she loved the country as much as she hated Trump, we'd be better off. Yeah. Yes. There you go. We've lost one of the most highly regarded and probably the most recorded drummer in pop rock history. Hal Blaine. Wow. How old, John? Drummer for the legendary Wrecking Crew, dying at the age of 90. Wow. Good long life for Hal. Blaine appeared on more than 35,000 recordings. Wow. Including about 6,000 singles. That included over 100 records that hit 
number one on the pop charts. Wow. He is incomparable. Is he the most recorded drummer in history? He's he has, has to be, to don't be. you think? He has to yeah, be. Without a question. Uh, Kenny, uh, we traded some text last night, and of course I spent two hours after that on YouTube watching I, stuff. I, I've got a lot to say about this, but uh, I uh, tweeted last night, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but Hal Blaine might be the only drummer that ever mattered. R.I.P. the greatest of all time. Here's the response I got, John, and I didn't respond to this. One guy says, John Bonham. Sorry. No. John Bonham was beating a dead cat with logs in his hands. <laughs> well, Come not on. only that, but John Bonham had a 10-minute career. And, and the one that really bothered me that, that I didn't respond to, Neil Peart and Mike Portnoy. Yeah, they yeah. both might be good drummers, but they don't even come close. Yeah. Every, Not even be close every to Beach Hal Boys Blaine. song you've ever heard in your life was, oh, was Hal yeah. Blaine. Joe, the list is ridiculous. I the Wall a, of Sound was Hal Blaine. Oh, so here's some of the number ones he played on. Just, and this is just going to be a small short list All because right. there's too many. Uh, but just think about this. He's a rebel by the Crystals. That wow. was a Phil Spector thing. Yep. Surf City, Jan and Dean. The well, Beach Boys, as Joe said, uh, yeah. I get around every every other thing. Everything basically. they did. Uh, Mr. Dennis couldn't hold a fork and spoon in one hand, much played drums. <laughs> Mr. Tambourine Man, the Birds. <laughs> yep. uh, the uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the Wrecking Crew basically were the band for the first two Birds albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Love by Petula Clark. Monday Monday, Mamas and Papas. Poor Side of Town. Johnny Rivers. Uh, Strangers in the Night, Frank Sinatra, Wendy, The Association, Mrs. Robinson, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> God almighty. Uh, all the Fifth Dimension albums from the late <laughs> 60s. Neil Diamond, The Carpenters. The Carpenters, Close to You, Cracklin' uh, Rose. The Ronettes. Indian, wow. Reser- Indian Reservation by the Raiders. Remember that? That's a yeah. really cool drum. Oh, yeah. that's got the best. <laughs> yeah. Cher, Sonny and Cher. Yeah. Wow. So I looked up this last night. Um, I wanted a list of his songs, and they give them to you in alphabetical order. He's got tons of songs for each letter of the alphabet except Q and X. Wow. The poor guy. Every other other letter in the alphabet, tons of songs. And very, very popular, uh, life-changing songs. You guys hear drums? Yeah. Rookie fun to sound by. Yep. Oh. I think this is from the 90-year-old guy that died, one of his last. The 90-year-old <laughs> guy that died. I didn't know anything you about him. Do you want to go him. across and slap him or should I? I looked up his net worth. Marcher. I looked up his net worth just for the hell of it. Yeah. I was somewhat pleased to discover he had a net worth of $5 million. But the reason I looked it up is I, I'm, I'm curious. Well, how did he get paid, John? Was he a, a union employee who got oh, an yeah. hourly wage? I'm sure, yes. And all those guys uh, in the 70s especially, once they really started making money, they were all making triple scale. Yeah. Uh, they'd go in and, you know, so they'd do one session and make $800 for an hour. Yeah. Then they'd go to another session, make another 800 bucks. go to, you know, they'd do five, six sessions a day. Wow. Nancy Sinatra demanded that he come play with her uh-huh. when he when she was in Vegas. He's the only guy to have his name on a marquee. The marquee uh, really? at the hotel yeah. said Nancy Sinatra, Hal Blaine. Hal Blaine wow. at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Uh, Hal Blaine played on six straight Grammy Award Record of the Year winners. Holy mackerel! Can you imagine that? The same drummer on six. It was. And that uh, was. Back do you have the, the song? Six. Yeah, sixty-six through seventy-one. Uh, first mm-hmm. one was a taste of honey. Herb Alpert. He yep. was the drummer, basically. Oh, the yeah. And this is back when the Grammys actually meant something, right? Uh, Frank Sinatra in sixty-seven, "Strangers in the Night." Wow. The Fifth Dimension in nineteen sixty-eight, "Up, Up and Away." Simon and Garfunkel in sixty-nine for Mrs. Robinson. 
Fifth Dimension again in 1970 for Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In, and in 71, Simon and Garfunkel again for Bridge Over Troubled Water. But think about that. Six years in a row, he was the drummer for the record of the year. I'm watching him. I'm watching videos of him last night, and he's holding uh, in his right hand, he's holding the stick the, the way you you see most drummers holding it, you know, like you're flogging a dead cat, right? right. Yeah. But in his left hand, he's got that thing cradled in his fingers, and not only is he using his arm, but at the same time, he's He's twitching that drumstick with his front two fingers. Because he was trained as a jazz drummer. He's just so amazing. And he tunes his drums for the act he's recording with. Mm -hmm. He was very tonal, very uh, very tone conscious. There was a clip of another studio player from the 70s, because Kenny made me watch all these last night, who said he walked in and Hal's drums were still set up, and he said they were tuned immaculate. He said he couldn't believe. He said he never walked into a situation like that where... He didn't have to do a darn thing. Just sit down and play the drums. Did he always play it straight for real? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't part of the show. No, he when he drummed, he didn't like throw up his sticks up in the air, take oh, his no, teeth no. out. You know that brings up a, a good question. Um, who, Krupa and who's the other guy in the fifties who was a really good drummer? Do you Buddy think, Rich? Yeah, Buddy Rich. Do you fifties? Oh. 60s, 80s. How his? Uh, in your opinion, how does he compare? To those two well, guys, Krupa and Rich. I think they're playing different stuff. I think Buddy Rich is the best drummer ever. That's just me. Uh, he's my favorite yeah. drummer ever. Where does Such rank? Um, there's a guy also named Steve Gadd. I don't know yeah, if you're oh, familiar yeah. with Steve yeah. Gadd, who is like Blaine. He can play everything. He's Paul Simon, Eric Clapton, James Taylor's uh, tour drummers. Uh, he won Steely Dan on Asia. He played the yeah. drum part on the song Where's Asia. Where's Jim Keltner lie? Keltner's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I think he's you know top five easily. easily. What about uh, Red Maddock? Is it true that you're the funniest comedian in the world? I am the funniest guy in the country. Really? Tell me, what's the secret <laughs> of your <Timing>. success? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Blaine also has some other distinctions. In March 2000, he was one of the first five sidemen inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, he was inducted into the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame in 2010. And last year, 2018, he received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. So, uh, yeah, the cool. man was amazing. R.I.P. Uh, what a neat living he, he must oh, have had. Just, well, all those guys, that whole group, that, that you've seen the documentary, obviously. Yeah. The Wrecking Crew. And then there's also Who was the, the bassist? Carol? Uh, Carol Kay. Carol Kay. Carol Kay and Tommy Tedesco and yep. Louis Shelton were the guitar players. Glenn Campbell. Leon Russell was the keyboard player before he. Well, wouldn't took you off agree? The there's nothing more irritating than a drummer that thinks he's a musician, because most of them aren't. <laughs> wow. They can barely keep a beat. What about Grohl? But this guy that shot at you. That's a, that's an old Nick Mason line from the Pink Floyd drummer. He said, "My mom used to ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I said drummer." And she said, "Well, you can't do both." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right there. That, well, and the old joke is, "What? Why did the drummer join the band? Right, he wanted so, to hang out with musicians." Right. But, but in the case, Aww. right? Yeah. Well, those are all true. That's mm-hmm. why they're funny. But in the case of Hal, he would actually educate bass players and guitar players on where there, to come in and where to ride the beat. There's a great clip last night I saw when looking at this stuff from Louis Shelton, who was a brilliant, and still is a brilliant studio guitarist. He played all the Kulik's on the Monkeys stuff. Uh, he played all the stuff on the Seals and Crofts stuff. Great player. He said the first thing he learned in the studio was from uh, Hal, that Hal said, you're playing just a little ahead of the beat. If you lay back, everything's going to be perfect. You're going to make a great living. And most of the times when a drummer says that, he's out of the band. Exactly. You're fired. Get exactly. out. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but the guy was amazing. Great career, yeah. obviously. Yeah.
That was a fun night. I got sucked into wor- a oh, wormhole. Two hours. I, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm now. I, see, I didn't know this until today. And oh. Now I'll have to do my YouTubing tonight. Yeah, there's, there's so a, much stuff on him. One that you would like. The first one Kenny sent me is uh, them working on. Uh, uh, oh, the God, Beach Boys. God only knows. Yeah, uh, and it's got clips, sound clips of outtakes, and Brian asking people to do this and do that, and it's fascinating. It's eight minutes. Just, well, didn't uh, he do the whole pet sounds? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. he did. Doesn't yeah. this mean now, Joe, that you're just going to go men at work on it and watch the same clip over boom, and boom, over? Boom, 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 oh boom, my boom, god! Boom. <laughs> he did that what two weeks ago? Well, I just wanted ago? to teach myself that opening song to that whatever men at work. Land down under. Yeah. yeah, down under. Yeah, yeah. I tried to hone in with the flute, and he's like, "No, we're not going to." He that. watched it about <laughs> seventy-five straight. I have that issue with a Guns and Roses song where the front the bass playing in the front is just so wonderful <laughs> then once the song starts it's eh. <laughs> yeah, i don't care about the song the town of american canyon california population about twenty thousand, trying to shut down a coffee shop by asking the oddly philosophical question you might contemplate while nursing a cup of coffee is a cafe still just a cafe if the baristas are wearing pretty much nothing huh the american canyon city council last week upheld the city manager's decision to revoke a license for bottoms-up espresso, a drive through coffee shop that officials have argued is, in fact, a bikini cafe and adult cabaret. That did not sit well with the franchisee Indarhit Sangha, oh, yeah. who said the city's decision was based on personal taste rather than the law. If they did it according to the law, you'd have to get rid of all the swimming pools in American Canyon, Sangha said. Nate Wilson, who founded the Bottoms Up Espresso change, uh, chain in 2011 said there were eight franchises in California with plans to open more in other states. The baristas at Bottoms Up are scantily clad. What they do wear is stipulated in a dress code, which American Canyon officials published in January, along with their decision revoking the shop's business license. Monday, for instance, is schoolgirl day, when a red plaid skirt and a tied-up red or black top are required, along with black or red uh, pants and about bra. Are, are we doing this I'm at the Krabby? I'm just here to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> are we doing this at the Krabby Cottage? No, shop? no I, don't, uh, I don't see this no. happening. <laughs> Tuesday and Saturday are bikini day, when employees have to wear a red or black bikini. How about shirtless under bib over overalls? <laughs> That's None the Krabby that. Coffee Shop. <laughs> yeah. On Wednesday, cowgirl day. Employees have to wear a tied-up shirt, well-fitted, and cut off denim shorts no longer than five inches from waistband to hem. Midriff must be exposed, according to the That must be Farm Girl Day that I'm looking at. That's only acceptable if they're Forest Lake girls. That's the only way I take Farm Girls. (laughs) The hell with any of this. Is the coffee any good? That's a good question. I'm just here for the cup of coffee. (laughs) Say, now is the time to get ready for this year's motorcycle riding season. I know it doesn't look like it, but go to DennisKirk.com and get lost in a great website. They have over 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike, and it doesn't matter whether you ride a Harley a cruiser, a sport bike. They have it. They have it all. They'll even take care of Gardy's trike. <laughs> in a hurry uh, In a hurry for something you need, place an order by 8 o'clock today and you'll get it tomorrow. That could be hard to believe, but that's the way DennisKirk.com does business. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. We like to see every week, Denny on the drums. Go ahead, Denny. This is Denny Green, the late, great Denny Green. Speaking of great drummers. He's on Randy Shaver's sports show. Must be the Denny Green show. 
Yep. He ain't no Hal Blaine. <laughs> Denny wasn't bad. Well. For NFL head coaches. Right, right. I don't think Zimmer could be banging the drums. I want to avoid Alexandria occasional cortex, but I'm not going to anymore. Be- Will you get me a lake, please, rather yes. than this bottoms-up coffee girls here? Yeah, well, that must have been that kitty cat day, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I I want to ignore her, uh, but uh, the new theory is we should continue to remind people this is your Democratic Party now. It's uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex. And she said, don't fear uh, artificial intelligence. Don't fear that. It's going to be a good thing. Don't fear AI. Well, she she, uh, was down at that South by Southwest conference. Of course. And she said former President Ronald Reagan's policies were a perfect example of how powerful people screw over all working-class Americans. Mm. And uh, she was there, though. She wanted to calm any economic fears. And she was taking questions from the audience in Austin, and occasional cortex addressed the rise of automation. Because she'd be an expert on this. You know, she knows this stuff. And what workers will do when their jobs are replaced. She discussed how the U.S. must fix fix our underlying systems and how we handle the production uh, to address income inequality. Because everybody in the country should be feeling the extent of our national prosperity, and most of us aren't. We should uh, not be haunted by the specter of being automated out of work, right? Occasional Cortex said, we should not feel nervous about the toll booth collector not having to collect tolls anymore. We should be excited about that. Okay. (laughs) She said the reason why many aren't excited by such a prospect is that we live in a society where if you don't have a job, you are left to die. But occasional cortex has new solutions, new tax structures, and even distributing wealth created by automation. Uh, Giving that, the congresswoman who takes home six figures annually in her taxpayer-funded job said instead we should be excited about automation because what it could potentially mean is more time for educating ourselves, more time for creating art, more time investing in uh, investigating the sciences, and uh, more time to go to space, more time to enjoy the world we live in because not all creativity needs to be bonded by wages. The crowd applauded its uh, approval. Of her statement. Did she wow. leave out herding rainbows? So, herding so, unicorns? so Matt, when when a robot takes over your job here, Which you will have a lot of time, week. right? Yeah, to create you know new chair boxes and things like well, that. Well, I have to go to the toll booth to make she, money. She no. didn't mention though how any of those fantasy things are going to pay for my health care. That's right. Or my mortgage. Well, she doesn't. Or uh, my groceries. She's, she, but she's, she's on top of it. She's Alexandria or, uh, Cortez. Uh, How do they not <laughs> see through this? They are worshiping at her feet, Joe. She owns Hollywood. Yeah. Everybody in Hollywood is drooling on her feet. By the way, I don't think she's that good looking. Is that her attraction? She's a no. nice looking young lady, but I she's mean. She's a spitfire. That's what they like about her. She's this. Ball of energy that's well, going to disrupt what is now Washington. It was either Jordy or uh, Kelsey who had a good point. Uh, they both have great points all the time. But both uh, Occasional Cortex and Ilhan Omar are leading a public life based on the Kardashian theory. And that is, get your face and your name in the news yes. every single day. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it. Even if you don't have anything to say, which would be, we want everything for everybody. It doesn't mean anything you can't implement. Yes, you in the back. Um, Just off subject for a brief moment, we've been asked this a million times. Now that we're on podcast form, are we going to get the mayor's Kardashian theory? 
Not yet. Don't not, do it not yet. Till Don't the last, do it yet. Wait not till the last podcast. Got it. Yeah. It was going to be the last radio show. I didn't know we were going to go right to podcast. <laughs> I can't it. think of one intelligent thing that woman has said. Who? Cortez. No. She's an idiot. No. She's a, just a blithering well, idiot. Go to the meat of what she said again. Well, don't fear automation. Don't fear artificial intelligence, because if that takes your job, you'll have more time to explore space and uh, draw pictures. And, uh, you basically have nothing to do. You know, uh, pick floor-leaf clovers at the park, and I don't know how we're supposed to eat, huh. but uh, she'll figure that out. Wow. She's the new face of the Democratic Party. She'll figure that out. So, uh, so she's going to replace all her union members that have... Uh, probably voted for her mm-hmm. with those uh, work-in-the-line oh, jobs, work-in-the-blue-collar the, uh, the, the jobs, there and then they'll go. just be able to create art. How can employment. those people not rise up and say, know. what the hell? We need to handle the production of wealth. See, she wants to get a hand on handing, <laughs> handling the production of wealth. Then she can then she can distribute the money to you who have just lost your job to a robot, and then you can uh, make new uh, artwork at the flea market. Uh, how come, how come the leaders of the unions aren't getting together and knocking on her door and going, what the hell, lady? Oh, they will, I think. Well, they're going to have to. Will it be to. too late? That's the whole thing. If Distributing wealth created by automation. I, I, that doesn't even make sense. I don't know what that means. I don't automation means. doesn't make wealth. The failed academy. I've told you before why the academy is failing. Because what are they in the business of? They're no longer necessarily in the business of, uh, of, of a liberal arts education in the truest sense of the word. They're Feelings. in the business of finding inequity. They're in the business of identifying new victim groups. San Diego State University is set to host a racial healing workshop for minority students and faculty later this month that aims to help students and professors of color get through college. This intimate one-and-a-half-hour racial healing workshop catered to students and faculty of color will be led by well-known professional Dr. Cheryl E. Matthias, uh, the uh, state, the student organizers of the event. Where is this? San Diego State. Uh, Marriage and Therapy Family Association is putting it together. But there will be no white people allowed, and then you get to go in there and uh, uh, get your healing done. And it'll it'll be all taken care of. So what is their disadvantage prior to this point? Well, that they're not white, apparently. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Having some trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. I got it. That's a good point. And a report just out. Well, which not should not surprise GLers because we've always noted the closer you live to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to be led by Mysterians. Uh, a report says the most politically intolerant Americans are more educated city-dwelling white people. There you go. Mm-hmm. The most politically intolerant Americans tend to be white, more highly educated, older, more urban, and more partisan themselves. According to The Atlantic, the magazine said it asked polling firm PredictWise to rank U.S. counties based on partisan prejudice, or what the researchers call effective polarization. (laughs) The result was surprising in several ways. Most notably, it found significant variations in Americans' political ill will from place to place regardless of party. For instance, some states such as Texas show a mix of prejudiced and non-prejudiced counties. The Atlantic said, but Florida, the magazine said the Sunshine State was found to be very consistent and fairly prejudiced from place to place. Other research has also found that more educated and politically engaged people tend to be more politically prejudiced. 
But the PredictWise analysis also detected a correlation with urbanicity. There's a new word. Foghorn that, Rook. Urbanicity. Urbanicity and life stage. Older Americans and people living in... Older Americans and people living in or near sizable cities from Dallas, Texas to Seattle, Washington, seem to be more likely to stereotype and disdain people who disagree with them politically. Mm -hmm. In addition, city dwellers, specifically affluent older white people, can more easily create work and home lives with those who agree with them politically. Doesn't surprise any of this should not surprise any of this. The most uh, politically intolerant county in the country is Suffolk County, Massachusetts, which includes the city of Boston. In this part of the country, nine out of every 10 couples appears to share the same partisan leaning, according to voter file data. Eight out of every 10 neighborhoods are politically homogenous. This means that people in Boston may have fewer cross-cutting relationships. It is a very urban county with a relatively high education level, and all of these things tend to correlate with partisan prejudice. So, they're, in other words, they're all uh, mysterious. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more politically intolerant you get, and that's why you get all these rulings that we're seeing from the salon. What was that big uh, word? It was a U word you used. Urbanicity, sir. Urbanistic. Urbanicity. Like a, it's youth saying urban is cool. Urbanistic. Urbanistic. Urbanicity. That's a new urban word. Urban is a city. Completely made up. Urban a is city. a Urban is a, a place of a city. Yeah. yeah. Where do you go? Uh, to the coffee shop there. The bottoms up coffee yes. shop. Mm-hmm. It's very evident. It it's very evident, though, right now in America. I mean, people, not only do they hate Trump, but they hate the people that voted for Trump. Oh, yeah. Rural <laughs> America. Mm-hmm. They hate them. Hey, bottoms up. Do they ever do a lady lumberjack day? I don't know, sir. I don't know. Have gals that look like East Germans come out and say, would you like some chopping done? We're, we're a long way from urbanicity. Clean some we? brush. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you Down what, Ken, Kenny knows this because he's our rural correspondent. When you get out of here and you drive through middle of Wisconsin, it's a different, it's a different country. Completely different. Yeah. And we don't sit around and argue about politics and bitch about the Democrats because we're busy trying to earn a living. Work. Yeah. To, to pay the taxes that are imposed upon you by both parties. It reminds me of the time Obama was still in office. He had one of his town meetings, and he had it just down the street from NRA headquarters. And for the whole town meeting, he railed against the NRA and the people that pay money and donate the NRA members. And it just it dawned on me, you hate America, Mr. Obama. Mm-hmm. You hate America. Right. And everything I thought and have thought up to this point rings true in that article you just read. Mm-hmm. You know the coolest store I found is the Minnesotan? Yep. Right in downtown White Bear Lake. Yep. You know what it's called? Curated Heritage Lifestyle Apparel. That's a fancy word for they really got cool stuff. Really got cool stuff. They got a great St. Patrick's Day collection right now with designs honoring the Minnesota-Irish connection and spirit. Go to the Minnesotan.com and browse their St. Patrick's Day collection. Everyone needs a new St. Patrick's Day shirt or hat. Head over to the Minnesotan. Pick it up yourself. Uh, you can go to the Minnesotan.com and check out the St. Pa- Patrick's Day collection. You need a cool gift? 
The Minnesotan is perfect for apparel gifts that truly reflect and celebrate the Minnesotan in your life. Birthdays, anniversaries, and more. They package and ship nationwide. New spring collection of polos, quarter zips, t-shirts, hats, sunglasses, and more. All of these are unique. There, You have not seen this stuff before. It is very cool. Unique items you're not going to find elsewhere. They're open seven days a week in historic downtown White Bear Lake, shipping nationwide at theminnesotan.com. And don't forget, you mentioned Garage Logic in store or uh, use the online code Garage Logic, make Garage Logic one word at checkout. You're going to save 20% on all purchases at the Minnesotan. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Getting back to Hal Blaine for a moment, John. Yeah. I think no drummer except Charlie Watts could have been the drummer for the Stones. Mm-hmm. And I think Ringo Starr is a, has been a terribly underrated drummer. That's, that's just wanted to get that off my chest. You think we're just like making fun of Ringo because he looks like such a yeah, dork? Yeah, exactly. And because he yeah. did Caveman. And he yeah. plays like a, what, a three-piece kit? Oh, no. He, he, you listen to some of that stuff on, uh, uh, what am I thinking of? What's the great album? Not Sgt. Pepper. What's the one I'm thinking of? Let, no. it, Let, Let it, it be. Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. He, he did some complicated stuff. He's all right. The guy I've always wondered about is that Nick Mason for Deep Purple. I, I mean... Uh, uh, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Yeah. I knew there was a color in there. I had, you know, I have a. <laughs> I, I confess, I, I don't get. I don't get Pink Floyd. I, well, I, I think Dark Side of the Moon is one of the greatest albums really? ever recorded. The song "Wish You Were Here." That's that's a great song. top five for me. That's mm-hmm. a great song. But I don't get the band in general. I know a lot of people think they're you know tops of the pops, but I, I think I, they're one of the bands that if they ever got back together in some fashion, they're the type of band that could sell out the TCF oh, for a yeah. nice summer stadium oh, I agree with that. tour. Yeah, yeah. extremely Who's I'd the go. popular. Musician that's the seven forty seven pilot. That's Iron Maiden. Yeah, what Bruce, is he? Bruce Dickens. Is he a drummer, uh, he's their singer. Oh, okay. Dreadful, dreadful singer. Oh, <laughs> God help me. But I guess fun guys. I guess good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody just sent an email before we get to Johnny. Greetings, Mayor and his crew. I'm sure that you're inundated with emails about the two clowns from Montana that got stopped with the RV load of pot. <laughs> yeah. and he 800 says, pounds, right, John? Yeah, uh, it was a lot. Yeah. The Minnesota trooper thought it was strange that they were pulling an the RV. The Minnesota trooper or Montana? No, uh, I think it was Alexandria. You actually. said Montana yeah. at the beginning that's of the story. That's, that's where they're, where they're from. from. They were oh, originally yeah. from. He said the Minnesota trooper thought it was strange that they were pulling an RV. He must have lost touch with nature, but he stopped them for having a Montana windshield. Here in Montana, you can have a cracked windshield as long as it does not impede the driver's view. I have a 2007 Ford Focus as my commuter car on the way to work. I counted two rock chips, three cracks, and one semicircular crack from a bird strike. All of this happened since June of 2011. It is such a norm to run a cracked windshield that one of my pals is in a supervisory position at an area police department, questioned a ticket from an officer because he wrote a ticket for a cracked windshield. The officer stated... It wasn't just cracked. It was basically shattered. Mm. How I love living in the free state of Montana versus the People's Republic of Minnesota, <laughs> from which I was born and raised. Cheers, Keith D. Olson, Terry, Montana. Hmm. 
Well, well here's that's John, here's the, John Height. The number one rule at our brand new college we're going to start, the uh, Drug Mule College. <laughs> what is that? DMU. Yep. Drug Mule College. <laughs> you can't. DMC. DMC, right. You can't have any equipment violations. Yeah. No. Get it together. You've got to get your act together. No, wait, 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 wait. And before you even hit the road, I want you to practice changing a flat tire. Just like Christmas Story. Yes. It's got to take you under five minutes. Have the jack out, the spare out, get out there, get that new tire on, and get the hell down the road. The school has to have the words in a, in a way where it's D-U-M. D-U-M. No. You're right. You're right. Drug. You know, yeah, we'll work we on that. We have to workshop that one. Some uh, sports Vikings news before we get to news. News news. Uh, Anthony Barr, you heard uh, that he was probably leaving the Vikings. Well, he's not leaving the Vikings now. He's agreed to a lot less money to stay and play linebacker with the Vikings after previously planning to sign with the New York Jets. Adam Schefter from ESPN said Barr had a change of heart after informing the Jets he intended to join them. So Anthony Barr remaining with the Minnesota Vikings. However, they'll lose a couple guys. Latavius Murray, the running back, looks like he is signing with the New Orleans Saints. And Sheldon Richardson looks like he'll only spend one year with the Vikings. He's signing with the Cleveland Browns. I have a dumb question. Yeah. Did did the Jets want Barr? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. They offered him a ton of money. Do you think someone got to him and said, you are going to be making a lot of money, but the cost of living in New York is up here. Well, so, what changed his mind? I saw a note that said he turned down $13.5 million a year or less. To pay, play well, with the Vikings. Make sense. That makes no dumb. sense. No, I think that was on Twitter. No, that can't that, be correct. It, right? that, it, he agreed to $13.5 million per year. He turned oh. down more money from, so he probably turned I down see. 16 or $18 million. I got you. I Even so, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. What I love, though, is the second guessing from all the local hacks that say, oh, I mean, I had that. but <laughs> How long has he been here? Uh, five years. Yeah, is he any good? Yeah, he's a pretty good player. He's the guy, Kenny, remember, that knocked out Aaron Rodgers a couple of seasons ago. He's also the guy in that game against Philly got baked about three times on passes when they got beat in the championship game. Made my heart yeah. just feel very nice. <laughs> <laughs> news notes. You're such a bitter Packer fan. <laughs> well, you know. News notes. Amtrak expressing interest in building an up to $600 million passenger rail line between Minneapolis and Duluth Superior. Wisconsin Public Radio reporting leaders in both states welcomed Amtrak's announced interest in the proposed Northern Lights Express Rail Service on Monday. The Twin Port Cities haven't had rail service since 1985. Superior Mayor Jim Payne says the project is gaining attention for the potential boost to the region's economy and quality of life. The rail service would run four round trips each day on an existing BNSF railway corridor. It would be funded through federal grants and local matching funds. Yeah, go on. Amtrak official Joe McHugh says he hopes the rail service will serve the port communities within a couple of years. Are those freight rails capable of handling high speeds? I hope so. Who needs to get there? I was going to say, so they're running service from, you know, four trips a day. You're right. Couldn't you just buy a couple of old Greyhounds and do it just as well? And not deal with the railroads and the regulations? Yeah, I thought the four trips a day seemed a little excessive for that trip. Update on the story we had yesterday, the Chan Hassan. Krabby sit- Coffee Shop Bus Service. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> There's no seatbelts. There's no pads either. Shut up. And we ain't got no cord where you pull it and tell us to stop. We'll tell you when you're getting off. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. You're done. No, you're done. Open the door. We're going to slow down. We're not even going to stop. Yeah. 
update on a story. Tuck we and roll, <laughs> loser. <laughs> we had yesterday the Chanhassen City Council unanimously approving a significant step on plans for a housing development on a large tract formerly owned by Prince. The vote was 5-zip for a development plan that includes 169 lots for market rate and luxury homes on the 188-acre site between Galpin Boulevard and the shore of Lake Ann. The plan also includes 57 acres as undeveloped woods and wetlands along the lake for a park, according to city manager Todd Gerhardt. Is Lake Ann big enough to have boats? Mm-hmm. It's, it is, but it's more recreational use. Like canoes. Yeah, things yeah. like that. It, yeah. it, but it's, it is a beautiful lake. But yeah. what I'm confused at, Johnny, Lake Ann's on the north side of Highway 5. I thought Prince's uh, estate was south of Highway 5. Uh, it says, the story says Prince once lived in a yellow three-story house on the property at 7141 Galpin okay. Boulevard. Yep. He said the house was demolished, but a security gatehouse, Paisley Park, his former studio and home, is across nearby Highway 5. Yeah, which 5. is south so of Highway 5. You're correct then, yes, okay. across the highway. Uh, Joe, uh, you alerted me to this story earlier today. The icy Minnesota winters claimed another unfortunate victim, Macabre's Books in St. Paul. It's a sad story. Yeah. The store in St. Anthony Park neighborhood will be closing for good after its owner, Tom Bielenberg, suffered a serious injury slipping on the ice on March 3rd. Oh, well, multiple injuries. He's yes. really Mary Devine of the Pioneer Press had a great story about this today. Yeah, uh, same with the Star Tribune. They had a nice piece, but too. But this is... This is the, the, the winter has cost this guy his job, yep. his store. Everything. Yeah. And it was, he was already struggling to yeah. make uh, rent payments. Now, Bielenberg was at a Gophers women's basketball game. He was returning from that, slipped and fractured his hip, broke two ribs, and dislocated two bones in his back. Jeez. With doctors not recommending surgery due to the complexity of the injuries, he's instead facing an intense rehab plan that will be long and painful, according to a GoFundMe campaign. Uh, with Tom, uh, the GoFundMe says, while Tom has insurance coverage, he'll uh, out-of-pocket maximum this year will be hit. He has a variety of health conditions that require regular prescription medications. It require eight weeks at least in a rehab facility. He won't be able to drive for three months. So far, the campaign has raised more than nine grand, which will help him pay for his bills. The bookstore in Carter Avenue has been owned by Bielenberg since 2003. Tell me about the bookstore, Joe. I've never been there. Used books, new books? Not new books, but uh, avant-garde, uh, rare rare stuff, uh, offbeat stuff. Uh, he was enjoying himself. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's too wasn't, bad. It uh, wasn't end caps with the national bestsellers. Right. That, yeah, that was basically my question. So what's going to happen to his inventory? Oh, he's going to uh, work it on weekends or have somebody work it for him on weekends until, what, mid-April, it said, or yeah, something to that effect. He'll, yep. he'll cl- sell it all out. Hollywood actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin were charged, along with nearly 50 other people Tuesday, in a scheme in which wealthy parents bribed college coaches and insiders at testing centers to help get their children into some of the most elite schools in the country, according to federal prosecutors. I don't know why, but I absolutely love this story. U.S. Attorney Andrew Lelling said these parents are a catalog of wealth and privilege. He called it the biggest college admission scam ever prosecuted by the U.S. Justice Department. At least nine athletic coaches and dozens of parents were among those charged. total of 46 people were arrested by midday, including Hoffman and Laughlin, in an investigation dubbed Operation Varsity Blues. (laughs) 
Us. I don't get how this works. Yeah, uh, explain this. Will you dumb it down for me? Okay, I'm Mr. Moneybags. I got nothing but money well, to Junior throw around. Well, Junior can't be seen doing his own work. My young uh, son, Matthew Mikulski here, a, 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 a Polak, <laughs> needs to uh, get into college somehow, yes, but somehow. he's he's as dumb as a post. What do I do? How does well, this work? a prosecutor said parents paid an admissions consultant from 2011 through last month to bribe coaches and administrators to label their children as recruited athletes or to alter test scores and to have others take online classes to boost their kids' chances of getting into schools. The parents spent anywhere from two hundred grand to six and a half million dollars. That is just absurd. It, it, as it turns out, to my, get a kid in school, my, my son, uh, my son, the Pollock, Matthew Mikulski, he does have a basketball move. I'm pretty yeah. good at the double pump layup. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably get you right in. Got See? me 14 points so the, in the so Catholic the, Athletic League. The, the coach in on this would tell the admissions office, I got a kid here, uh, Matthew Mikulski, that I really want on my yep. basketball team. you got to admit him. Yep. And then the, then when it came time for basketball, he'd say he didn't make the club or whatever. Yep. But he's already in or, school. Or if, if say, oh. say he didn't have that, they'd alter that D minus somehow to make it plus. in. Yeah, well, one little stride. They, they, they do it for him. So are, is the admissions office off the hooks? Uh, the uh, hook? Apparently, yes. Yeah. Uh, Lelling said the investigation is continuing. Uh, authorities think there are a lot of other parents involved. The schools are not targets of the investigation, though. No students were charged. Authorities said in many cases the students were too even, dumb. Well, they weren't aware of yeah. what was going on. But I do love the whole aspect of... Hey, uh, Coach, uh, I know he can't dribble, but can you get Matthew in here? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He gets the first practice, and they're like, Can't jump over a piece of paper. (laughs) (laughs) How did he get a scholarship offer? (laughs) Um, Let's back up a little bit, because just for... Just for a snapshot in time, a split second, it was really nice to hear someone say, hey, uh, Matthew Mikulski's really a good basketball player, and we really want him on the team. Even though it's not real, right. it was just nice to hear that for the first time ever in my life. The uh, coaches worked at schools like Stanford, Georgetown, Wake Forest, USC. Instead of keep him on the team to keep the team loose on the bench, okay? Like me, were you one of the last two always picked when they chose up sides? Uh, not the last two. <laughs> the last one, yeah. and were you always hoping you'd end up on the shirts side? As yeah, opposed I to the never skins? wanted to take my shirt off. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't want to play today. Right, I'm good. I hurt my knee again. <laughs> That's my period, guy. coach. I'm out of here. <laughs> it's like you had a video camera. In the oh. The bribes allegedly came through an admissions consulting company in Newport Beach, California. Authorities said parents paid the founder of the Edge College and Career Network about twenty-five million dollars total to get children into college. There you go, who are the Joe. two women you mentioned at the beginning of the story? Laura Laughlin. Who, who is that? You'd Aunt n- Becky on Full House. You'd know well, her I, I would not her. know that. No no idea. If you saw her, you might know her. And Felicity Huffman. Who's that? She was on uh, she was Desperate, the, she House, Desperate, Desperate House. So they got a couple of dummies for kids and they had to yep. pay somebody to get them into school. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, I, so they could have the right to spend $100,000 yeah. a year in, in tuition, by the way. An IPA beer inspired by Lucky Charms breakfast uh, nope. cereal. No, foghorn that, please. Exchanging hands for hundreds of dollars after a frenzied launch. Hundreds of dollars. Yep. The beer makers behind the innovation is Smartmouth Brewing Company, based in Norfolk, Virginia. Smartmouth had no idea how much of a hit it had on its hands as it prepared to release the Saturday morning IPA that's brewed with house-toasted marshmallows and cereal marshmallow, marshmallows in the mash. 
Food Network reports a line of several hundred, potentially thousands of customers stretched for blocks ahead of the beer's release Saturday, with the entire batch selling out in about an hour and a half. A single four-pack of the beer exchanged hands after the sale for $450 on eBay. Well, someone has bid more than 100 bucks for a single empty can of the beer. What? Uh-huh. This was uh, discussed at length last Thursday night on the uh, Highlight Award. I, I heard that. I listened, I listened to that. And uh, it, this oh. is kind of what the game has become. Good stuff, huh? This has become the game, though, in that world, is you have to find the gimmick to get people into the door. Oh, you know, the kids that are lining up for seven hours for an iPhone. they no. they got to get these kids in now to buy is their any, beer. Is it any good? No, I'm sure it's garbage, but that's not the point. They just paid, what, $400, you so said, This Johnny? is a week and a half old story? Is that what you're telling me? Sorry. Yeah. This craze started in the late 70s. You remember it, Such? Coors? Billy Beer. Billy Beer. Billy Beer, what was yes. Billy Beer? That was uh, Billy Jimmy Carter's Carter. brother, yeah, the, Billy. The, the worst orange, pig the bleep on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I covered was... Billy Carter at Hayward. He came up for the Birkebiner, and he had a, a, a winter jacket on that still had the tags on it. Because he had never, <laughs> he had never been, never winter. been in winter <laughs> before. He didn't know what winter no. was. <laughs> Edda Gehring. Goddaughter of Adolf Hitler and daughter of leading Nazi official Hermann Goering has died at the age of 80. She was considered somewhat the Shirley Temple of Germany. Uh. According to the Telegraph, died of unknown causes back in December, but her passing was not made public until this week. She was buried in secret in an unmarked grave in Munich, Germany. Goering was born in, is it Goering or Goering? Let's go with Goring. Goring was born in 1938, the year before World War II began. Her dad, Herman, of course, prominent politician, military official, early member of Hitler's Nazi party. He killed himself, right? He did. He yeah. ended up killing himself. After the trial, they, right? They gave him the death sentence and he killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. In 1939, Goring was named as Hitler's successor, given his role as the most popular of the Nazi leaders, not only with the German people, but also with ambassadors and diplomats of foreign powers. Edda was the daughter of Herman and his second wife, actress Emmy Soneman. She was the only daughter the leader ever fathered, and many considered her birth surprising, given that Herman was badly injured in the groin in 1923. Mm. Still works. The old swimsuit injury. Yes, and his wife was 45 years old. Schnell, Schnell. When she gave birth. Do you think you could make a Billy beer today? Like a Trump beer? Well, he has vodka. He has Trump vodka. I haven't heard anything about it. What do you mean, could you make it today? Well, I mean, this was basically, uh, his brother's the president of the United States, and he starts to promote a beer that's made after himself. But a lot of people have used their fame. You're talking just purely political. As a sitting president. But the great thing about Billy (laughs) is that Billy was a complete boob and should have been considered, and probably was, an embarrassment to the president. Mm -hmm. I had this beer brewed up just for me. I think it's the best I've ever tasted, and I've tasted a lot. I think you like it, too. Mm-hmm. Billy, drunk off his ass. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Against yes. marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Him and Merle Haggard. He got some beer. <laughs> well, you know, that was just a line in a song, Kenny. Merle was not against marijuana. Oh, my Merle God. Merle loved marijuana. Hey, I just lit John up. I, I wasn't know. even trying. Merle, uh, <laughs> Merle and Willie did a song about marijuana together, as a matter of fact. So. Oh. I did they do one with Toby Keith, too, about marijuana? Anyway, we digress. Okay. We digress. Uh, North Korea's state media claims the turnout in the country's recent election 
was 99.99%. That's fantastic. That's up from the 9.9, uh, 99.97 in 2014. Oh, they're improving. They said, That's fantastic. Said it would have been 100% if yeah. not for the citizens who are currently abroad. Right. <laughs> Millions of North Korean voters went to the polling booths on Sunday to accept a new lineup of 700 members for the next session of the national legislature. The voters had to pick from just one state-sanctioned candidate per seat and were able to cast their ballots only to show their support for the candidate. On the day of the election, in the fashion of totalitarian communist states, the turnout reported just above 99%. That's just excellent. As expected, only we could do that here. Every, oh, they're trying. Every single vote cast in the election just like the 2014 election, was said to be in support of the named candidates. Isn't that wonderful? That's yeah. a great mm-hmm. Those people, you know what? They take their civic responsibility seriously. <laughs> Sounds I like think a, it's fantastic. A yes. liberal Democrat wet dream. Just fantastic. <laughs> One more, Johnny. All right. Uh, police in Union Township, New Jersey, are warning motorists to be wary of other out-of-town roadside scammers. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. Always, if somebody's, uh, you know, a panhandling, maybe take a look at what they're wearing, that sure. sort of thing. Well, Union police posted a picture of a woman on their Facebook page Monday saying she was seen walking in and out of traffic. Wouldn't that be profiling, at, though, if they're suggesting us to do that, to take a look at them? At the exit of uh, Route 76, carrying a sign with a picture of a baby and asking for money. Oh. Said she was poor and needed money for diapers for her baby. Uh, but after police got there and talked to her and you know asked to see her purse, they found she was carrying a $500 purse with an iPhone 10 inside wow. and some expensive jewelry. She claimed to be Romanian, living in Queens and desperate. Uh, after the confrontation, uh, they uh, gave her a ticket for impeding traffic and a summons for soliciting without a permit. The Reavers and uh, Johnny, are you seeing this behavior now out in the suburbs where they yes. stand at the corner, uh-huh. stand at stoplights? Yes. That's on, usually on uh, this, exit ramps. This is a new development out in the uh, suburbs, isn't in it? In the burbs. I, I started noticing it less than a year ago. Yeah. yeah, it's normal like on Hiawatha sure. or whatever, yeah. Cedar uh, off of 94, but I saw it up in Maple Grove last mm-hmm. week, Weaver Lake Road. Tough today, raining to beat the dogs. Oh, ick. Especially if you have a $500 purse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, boys. GarageLogic.com. Hey, a quick reminder, check out the uh, GarageLogic.com webpage on the features drop down. You'll see Greg Holcomb's beautiful cartoon creations. We ran into Greg Holcomb today. Prior to the show, chit-chatted with him. He's working on some brand new stuff, but what he's made already deserves a look. That's garagelogic.com. Drop down on the features button, and you'll be good to go. You'll also see some items on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. Rate us on Apple iTunes. We always welcome your feedback on the latest podcasts. And get caught up. We've got a lot of podcasts in the tank there. Check them all out at garagelogic.com. For the Canopy Group, we are coming up on St. Patrick's Day. You know, the luck of the Irish. Well, do you have only one agent representing one company for your home and auto insurance? Then you're trying to get lucky. At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck. But we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. You need to rely on a process. The Canopy Group has 20 agents and 16 companies. Their process carefully selects from their 16 companies the best coverage at the best price for your personal insurance needs. No luck, just a disciplined and dedicated process to serving you each and every year. 
Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Contact the Canopy Group today at 800-967-3389 or visit them online at thecanopygroup.com. 